0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 385. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey Kevin.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Uh, it's going okay. It's going okay. Uh, just a quick heads up. We're doing things a little bit differently this week. We're I have no internet in my house, so we're recording things locally. Kevin and I are talking over the phone and then we're each recording our own audio, so if things sound a little different or weird or shitty this week... That's why we're we're really trying to just make it work, but there was a hurricane in my area, knocked out the power for like three days. I didn't know that I was going to be able to even fit in all the movies, but I was able to have somewhat stable internet at a hotel and watched the movies. And now I'm, I have power, but I'm without internet. So,
1: watching those movies in between, hitting up the tables and the slots.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I stayed at a casino hotel. Oh uh, boy, I probably have so much COVID right now.
1: Oh, I'm sure your viral load is through the roof.
0: <laughs> I was like, I was like pushing vitamins and stuff, and trying to stay away from as many people as possible, and just kind of hide in the hotel room. They, I mean, to their credit, they did a really good job of like keeping everybody wearing masks and stuff. Like, I didn't see a single person without a mask in there, so. And everybody seemed to be, everybody seemed to be like kind of spread apart as well. So, you know, I think they did did what they could. Uh, this week on the show, in celebration of Halloween, coming in, I know that we're recording this a day late, but we're still celebrating Halloween over here. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at four classic Italian giallo films from the 1970s with reviews of... Black Belly of the Tarantula, The Bloodstained Butterfly, The Red Queen Kills Seven Times, and All the Colors of the Dark. That is a mouthful of titles right there. Sure is. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be very helpful. With that, uh, just one one bit of housekeeping. The new Save by the 90s episode has dropped. It came out yesterday on Halloween. Uh, We talk about 90s horror trends, so specifically we dive into meta-horror and found footage. So we review New Nightmare, we review Scream, we look at the last broadcast, as well as the Blair Witch Project. So be sure to check that out, that is available wherever you get your podcasts and on the website at filmpulse.net. I think... We can dive into our first review. I don't really have any order to these, so I'm just going by the way that I announced them at the top of the show. Hit them. Black Belly of the Tarantula. This, is, this was released on June 9th, 1972 in the U.S. Uh, I have a synopsis here. A series of victims are paralyzed while having their bellies ripped open much in the same way tarantulas are killed by the Black Wasp. The victims all seem to have a connection with a spa. This is directed by Paolo <laughs> Cavara. We'll kick things off with you, Kevin. What were your initial impressions of a Black Belly of the Tarantula?
1: Let me just say that while researching potential giallo titles to cover, this is the one that jumped out at me right off the bat. Number one, you have that title. Which I mean, Ooh. that sets you up for some for a hell of a viewing experience, right? And then you mm-hmm. couple it with yeah. that synopsis, and you are thinking, my God, this is a hidden gem. Like this has to be like one of the best giallos out there, right? And then you start it up, you fire it up on your on your machine, and you see that the score is by Ennio Marconi. so you are thinking, holy shit, this is this is gonna be unbelievable and it's not really I mean it's, no. it's, it's a decent movie but it's just ew, man it was a letdown because you're thinking of this you know using this black, black wasp venom to paralyze these victims and the, but they're still conscious throughout the entire murder and they're ripping the bellies open you're like this is going to be some fucked up shit but it's rather tame, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, where he doesn't really like rip the st- like he just stabs the stomach or cuts it slightly, mm-hmm. and then like that's it. And it's more so just like the the police investigation, wherein the detective himself, who is you know overseeing this investigation, just does he like he's not sure he wants to be a policeman. And it seems like it's more so just about that. Now, I will give it marks on the fact that this movie presents pretty much every single person as a possible sub- suspect. So there's just mm-hmm. this overload of mystery. Because you're like, well, they, you know each person is introduced with like a little tidbit that can tie them to the crimes. So essentially, and they in- introduce a lot of people. Because there's a lot of crimes going on. This, this investigation just... It, it shoots out so many tangents. And I thought that that worked really well. Like, the mystery aspect of it is pretty good. Because there's there's literally like 30 suspects in this movie. <laughs> it's out of hand.
0: Yeah. Um, the All the movies that we're talking about this month are... They're like early Giallo movies. A lot of them... I think all of them contain at least some of the the tropes, but a lot of them are like maybe not what you would consider to be like standard. Oh, this is exactly the, you know, not all of them follow the, the, the standard rules of the Giallo because I think that a lot of them, most of them are like early, early, uh, early Giallo films. And with this one, uh, I, I enjoyed it for the most part, but I found it to be pretty forgettable. Like I saw this, um, like, I don't know, whenever, whenever it's marked on my letterbox, (laughs) I don't even remember when I watched it. Um, and I'm really struggling to remember like what happened in this movie because it just kind of came and went. I saw it on the 27th, by the way and I, I agree that I, I i liked the the mystery aspect of it i thought it was i didn't know like i, I didn't know who who did it because they, they they do an adequate job of throwing in red herrings and trying to throw you off the the track um, but the problem was like when the killer was revealed i was just like oh okay all right like
1: it, it wasn't
0: i was just like okay it's that guy
1: Yeah, I was. I'll I'll, I'll have to say that I was kind of disappointed at that because early on, I thought I suspected that it was him. And pretty much throughout the movie, I was like, I hope it turns out that it wasn't him. Because if it is, it doesn't really like it seems like a letdown. It doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was, of course, disappointed that it turns out to be him. And it's just like, oh, okay, that was kind of anticlimactic.
0: Right, yeah. Yep. I, I did like the scene where the, det- the detective goes and sees the entomologist, and all of the spiders are in uh, <laughs> their enclosures are filled with cocaine. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny little aside that, that they went well, through.
1: That, that's the thing is, like, he's investigating these murders where the women are they're paralyzed with a needle to the back of the neck with this, this wasp venom. And then the killer, you know, stabs him in the stomach or whatever, right? So that's the main crime that he's looking into. But it ends up being, uh, there's blackmailing that he gets sucked into, which leads to a number of potential suspects. There's this whole cocaine ring with, (laughs) with spiders. That's a whole thing. Of course, you know, those people could be involved. Like, there's just so many other crimes that he gets sidetracked by. And, Mm -hmm. like, a wealth of suspects comes out of that as well. But then those people are slowly killed, too. So, like, it just... Your suspects are wheeled down by being killed one way or another. Just, like, getting run over a car. You know, whatever. Getting thrown off a building. Whatever it may be. There's just a lot going on in this movie.
0: I did like the Morcone score. I thought it was... Kind of a, uh, kind of an interesting score in that they use this like this like sensual panting throughout. Yeah, don't you just Don't get me started.
1: <laughs> this is just the it's worst. Like, what, is, what is going? What's going on with this? This is the worst theme song that's ever existed for a movie. I think <laughs> I, I, I thought it was hilarious. like it's it's supposed to be. You're right. It's supposed to be this like sensual, like panting. I don't, I don't know, like, how the hell, like, seductive moaning or whatever it is. But the only thing it sounded like to me is that a woman was trying to warm up her cold hands by, you know, how you <laughs> breathe on them. Like, that's what it sounded yeah. like. And it was just constant.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much else to say about this one. I did like at the end that he got the, the guy got so enraged that he had a gun. But he drops the gun and decides to like bum rush the killer instead of just shooting him.
1: He just fucking, he went nuts on him. It was the rage thing. Rage overtook him. And he just, he went off.
0: I think, uh, for me out of these four, now it's, it should be noted. I love Giallo movies, but these four are all first time watches for me. I haven't seen any of these movies. So this was really exciting for me. Um, out of these four, I think that this one is probably, for me, the weakest of, of the bunch.
1: Uh, A little but. bit. Yeah, I might agree with you there. Which is, uh, again, that brings me back to, you know, doing the initial research. Like, this has all the markings of being absolutely fantastic. That's what you're thinking, right? I mean, that title, the title, the synopsis. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It just doesn't. It just doesn't have it.
0: I, I still think it's very it's very watchable. It's still entertaining. And I think yeah. that it's still pretty fun. So I don't want it to sound like I hated on it or anything. It just, uh, at the end of the day, this one just sort of blends into the other kind of standard Giallo films that I've seen over the years and, and ends up being somewhat forgettable aside from a few things
1: well I also just want to say that like if you're looking to sit down with you know like a a true blood like giallo movie black belly of the tarantula is really going to disappoint like I don't I don't feel like this is you know like with usually when you say (laughs) giallo you have a certain vision in your mind of a certain type Mm -hmm. of movie and to me this doesn't this isn't it
0: It relied more heavily on the investigation aspect of it, which is, there's another movie that we're going to be talking about in just a second that does a similar thing. And, but a lot of the other tropes aren't here either with like, you know, the black gloved killer and like the over, over stylized visuals and, and stuff like that. Like the cinematography in this movie was good, but it wasn't anything like really incredible. Like I think that some of the other movies that we're going to discuss had some really incredible cinematography whereas this one was it was fine like there were some stylish moments but it wasn't anything you know jaw dropping or
1: yeah it does have the surgical
0: gloves though yeah the the, the old style surgical gloves that look really awful and uncomfortable yes Yes. alright that's the black belly of the tarantula do we want to give these scores do you want to give
1: us a score We, we can give it a score if you want
0: I'm going to give it a six.
1: I'd give it a six too. I think it's, like it's a good crime movie.
0: hmm And it, it should be noted that all of the movies that we're going to be talking about today are available on streaming services. I believe all of them, ex- with the exception of All the Colors of the Dark, are available on Amazon Prime, and All the Colors of the Dark is on Shudder. Yes. So you can check out all of these.
1: Even when you go on Prime, there's a bunch of other giallos on there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have a, they have a really uh, a surprisingly big selection of giallos on there. Shudder has a good number of them, too. So, between those two services, you're, you're definitely set for your giallos. Get your giallo, fill. Get it. Uh, moving on, we're going to be talking about the Bloodstained Butterfly. This is also from 1971. Uh, it's directed by Duccio Tassari. I have a synopsis here. When a girl is murdered in a park, a television presenter is accused of killing the girl who happens to be his daughter's best friend. Now, this one is also not strictly a Giallo film. Again, it has some of the, the trappings of a Giallo. And I think maybe maybe you could classify it as such, but I think it's more in line with the, uh, I think they're called like Polizzi movies uh, of the 70s in Italy, where they're more like police procedurals. Mm -hmm. And this one one follows uh, some of those tropes as well, where it mostly focuses on the, the investigation aspect of it, the forensics of the murder and going through all of that. And they even show the trial, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't, I don't, you don't see like trials in too many of these Giallo movies, but it, it goes through all of that. To me, this one was, I found this one to be the most entertaining. I, I really liked this one a lot.
1: I'm glad you did. This one kind of surprised me too. Once I got over the initial kind of disappointment that this wasn't going to be a standard Giallo and really far from it. Because, it, like you said, it is so far more interested in the police investigation and the court proceedings. Like, that's almost all of the time is dedicated to those two things. But once you kind of get over that initial disappointment of it not being a giallo, this movie is really, really good when it comes to the police investigation and the court proceedings.
0: It's a, It's a solid mystery. Like... Lots of twists and turns. You you think you know who it is. And then, like, you narrow it down to, like, two people. Like, you're pretty sure it's one of two people. And then they throw in some other twists in there as well. Um, I, I didn't really see the ending. Like, I, I was pretty sure it was this one person. But I didn't see where it went at the end. I thought that that was a nice surprise. I loved all the forensics scenes. I, I don't feel like that's something you typically see in these types of movies. And... I thought that all of that stuff, how they would show like the doing the, the fingerprint analysis and like the impressions of the boot print and, and examining the body and all of that stuff, I thought was really, really uh, fascinating. And then also when during the, the court case, how they had the eyewitness, they like recreated the the rain where they would spray her window and stuff to see if she could actually identify the. The killer and stuff like that. I thought that was all really, really great. I loved yeah, all that stuff. I loved, I, I loved the editing in this, how they would jump back and forth and have the, when they were describing scenarios, show that scenario playing out. I loved the, all of the uh, rotary phones in this movie. Can we talk about <laughs> some of the incredible rotary phones that are on display yes. in this movie? Yes. Like, incredible rotary phones i loved the uh the script i thought that the script was great the the thing is like yes it's it's a it's a police procedural there's lots of suspects there's lots of twists and turns and action and intrigue and there's multiple murders that do occur in this but there's this kind of Almost silly banter that happens sometimes too,
1: specifically with the coffee maker. Yes, I, I was glad that you would that you brought that up because there's this yeah, there's this comedic through line about one of the detectives trying to prepare coffee out of a vending machine for his boss, and his boss just never likes it. It's never good enough.
0: Nope, and I, I thought that that was such a nice little touch like it was just such a such a fun thing to add to, to l- lighten things up a little bit and it, it was like the comedic timing was was always on point whenever they would <laughs> come back to it like it was just so good so so good really really liked that I think they did a really great job of casting suspicion on, on several people and also portraying a lot of shitbags like I feel like this movie could also be called "All Men Are Shitbags and Cops Suck" because that's pretty much what this movie is conveying.
1: Well, I think that's uh, what you can kind of see with most Giallo movies, which I think is really the interesting thing here. Is a lot of these movies the the potential suspect is pretty much every single man that's introduced. Like every single man has something about them, that's like, oh, it could be them. He could be, he could be the killer. He could be the one. And then usually mm-hmm. the cops too. Well, you know they're never really suspicious, but they're just not really inept in any way.
0: Yeah, all of the from from what I understand, I, and I'm not like super well versed in that that kind of genre, the like Paletti's genre. Uh from what I understand, most of them center around police corruption and um corruption of the law and that that type of topic and this this movie, I think, handles both of those those themes really well, where every dude every guy in this movie is just such a piece of shit, every one of them like the especially the lawyer i mean the lawyer is yeah. oh, just. Um, uh, an absolute monster
1: now the only thing that I thought was slightly disappointing about this movie is there comes a time maybe like midway through where it kind of like somewhat turns and points toward uh, like a commentary regarding like class divisions and like uh, it's like oh okay this is kind of welcome like let's see what how this is going to play out now that they're injecting this this class commentary into everything, but they never really go anywhere with it and they never fully commit to it. They just kind of show like two little sequences. And then that's kinda of it. Like there's this little discussion between the 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 son of the lawyer where you're like, oh okay, we're we're getting into this this like class discussion thing. And then it just kinda of goes away and then there's a little bit of you know like a little bit of messaging and then that goes away as well but again the police investigation the court proceedings are phenomenal the the mystery and intrigue work really really well and i got to say the ending to this movie the camera work and the location oh my god well, the locations yeah. the locations throughout let's be honest are phenomenal um but the the camera work of the showdown where it's a tracking shot that's pulling out of the room, but it's still swiveling mm-hmm. as it's tracking between the two people, like as it gets further further away from one and closer to another and then subsequently passes the other person while it's still swiveling back and forth and tracking at the same time. I mean, my goodness.
0: Yeah, there's I some really it. great cinematography in this movie. I, I really liked it. It felt it felt like of a much higher like a higher production than than some of the other uh, giallo films. Like it felt like it was trying to be a like a way more serious movie and maybe more mainstream than than some of the other ones. Like it wasn't overtly gory or anything like that. I think that it was trying to be a serious thriller. And, uh, yeah, I, re- I really liked all of the, uh, the visual aspects of it as well.
1: I thought that they were all top-notch. Yeah, well, this is another movie, too, that if you're, if you're sitting down and expecting a giallo, you're going to be disappointed. But in terms of, like, a crime movie, like, to me, this is a phenomenal crime movie.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
1: I really, really liked this one. I would say this is like one of the the, out of the four. This is probably my most recommended one. Although it's not, like I said, it's not you know your typical Giallo. It's just a solid movie. Yeah, I I really liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Uh,
0: All right, let's go ahead and give it a score. I'm like, man, I'm looking at an eight on this one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Eight.
0: Uh, Highly recommend. The blood-stained Butterfly. So check, check that out on Amazon. Definitely. Uh, next up we have The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. This is uh, directed by Emilio Miraglia. I have a synopsis here. When two sisters inherit their family castle, a string of murders committed by a mysterious dark-haired woman in a red cloak targets their circle of friends. Is the killer their ancestor, the Red Queen, who legend says claims seven lives every hundred years? I don't know. I don't know, is it? You
1: have to watch the movie and find out.
0: That's what you gotta do. This does feel like a more standard Giallo, but there's this sort of gothic horror undertone to it. Which is really nice. Like The fact that it, a lot of it... I wish the whole thing took place in the castle, honestly. The fact that a lot of it takes place in this like very, this like old castle, uh, I think helps it tremendously. Yeah. As soon
1: as they introduced that castle, I was like, oh, oh boy, this is going to be the one. And it is. I mean, yeah. you have a castle, you have the legend that sets it off with the Red Queen and the Black Queen. There's bats, there's flooding, <laughs> yeah, there's I, rats. Yeah, I wrote that...
0: I wrote that down. Actually, bats everywhere.
1: There's so many bats. Apparently, them they've had bats forever. That no one like. There's bats, but no one recognizes the bats. Like no one's even worried about the bats. Nah, they're just
0: cool. They're cool with the bats. They live in harmony with the bats.
1: Like this movie is incredible.
0: Yeah, I really like this movie too. Uh, to be clear, I liked all the movies that we're talking about today. But um, yes, this one, it it does feel more more like your kind of standard Giallo where you have a, a series of murders taking place with a, a mysterious killer. You don't know who, who did it, but then you have that gothic vibe in there as well. For some reason, I noticed that like, a lot of Giallo films center around like a model, a photographer, a reporter, or a detective. Those are like the only professions you can have mm-hmm. in a Giallo. So many of them take place in like photography studios or modeling agencies. So what, uh, what were your initial impressions on this one? I, I know that you, you said you were into it, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit more.
1: I think this is just, this is what I was looking for when we started out this, this project. This is, this is the kind of movie that I was hoping to find, right? And I think a large part of it is the castle, like castles just, man, castles work so well, such a great location, and they use it perfectly, they're all over this castle. Right? They're down in the basement. Also, this castle just seems to be like unending, and it's sprawl. like it just like it takes up so much room, so much space. there's so many rooms to this castle. and there's like endless levels to it. There's basements upon basements. There's tombs, there's tombs in the castle. It has its own water system, like it's insane.
0: So like the synopsis says according to this curse this family is every every 100 years there's going to the, the red queen comes back and like murders everybody or com- commits seven murders with the final one being the the black queen who I guess is is the sister of the red queen and these murders start up again 100 years after the last one and they the, the killer fits the description of Evelyn, who is one of the sisters of the family. And the killings start with the the patriarch of the family, the the grandfather being killed. And in his will, he says he he leaves every there's like a a sealed envelope that's not to be opened until was like a year, a year has passed, which I guess is like, he wants all the murders to be over first and then, and then deal with the inheritance. Yeah,
1: you've got, you got to get in the clear.
0: So the, there were some people who saw this killer and she ends up fitting the description of Evelyn, who is one of the sisters. However, it's, you find out early, pretty early on that the other sister, Kitty, accidentally kills Evelyn. It turns out, it turns out Evelyn is just like an evil child. She's just, and, and, and when she grows
1: up, she's still evil. Yeah. Like she just do beats love- the crap out of her sister all the time. Yes. The, the whole opening to this movie is just a montage of her as a little, as a little girl, just absolutely ruining her sister's day in a new, nu- in numerous ways, which I thought for whatever reason, I just thought was the funniest thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and then she tries to, like, kill her, too, when they're kids. Yeah, like, she just kicks the... Every every time she sees her, she just kicks the shit out of her. That's all she does. So, yeah, they... So, what happens is, as adults, they get into a scuffle, and this time, like, Kitty Kitty fights back and pushes her, and ends up, like... She ends up banging her head on this, like, stone column thing and falls into the water and dies, presumably. But then this killer comes back and it looks just like Evelyn. So they need to figure out like who the killer is. But at the same time, like the family is trying to protect Kitty. Like they know that Kitty, cause they, they covered it up
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know, they, they, they check in the, in the the tombs that are on the property and they see Evelyn's body there, her decomposing body. So they know it's not Evelyn, but maybe it is, you know, maybe it is the red queen coming back. Spoiler. It's not, but a lot of, a lot of intrigue in this one, too. like I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know who who the killer was. Uh, I thought it, where they did go with it was kind of interesting, where it turned out that one of the family members was manipulating this other woman into into perpetuating the the murders. Like I thought yeah. that that was a, a kind of a cool twist. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed this overall
1: yeah because again you have you have a ton of things going on you have the red queen legend right but then built into that is the dead sister so everyone's kind of looking into this dead sister so the family of course is trying to keep that secret so you have that element to it then you also have kitty's like lover during this time his wife He's still married, but his wife is in like a, a like an asylum. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole aspect of it where it like he looks like a bad guy and he is a bad guy, and you know what was the name of their their company that they all worked for, Sprunga, or Springer? Yeah, something like, like that. They're, they're the like fashion agency. Uh, you know, so the killer's essentially killing. People from that agency, and then he gets to go to the top, so you have that aspect of it as well. Like, there's just so many things going on here, and the fact that a large portion of it happens at a castle is just phenomenal, and especially the way that it all culminates at the end. 100%. Did you mention
0: uh, Peter, the guy who was blackmailing Kitty,
1: also? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You got that Cause going it, on
0: because because that was that was a whole plot line too. So there's this like creepy guy who shows up and he starts blackmailing Kitty because he finds out about the the murder. I I guess he was a lover of Evelyn's. I, yeah. I don't really know yes. like it where like it. that's what. Yeah, that's what I thought. But then he then he starts asking for money, and it, it turns out that he is tied into the the killings because he's like a drug dealer and the way that, but he gets killed and the way that he gets killed is pretty pretty gnarly he uh, gets gets dragged from a car and
1: uh, he gets oh yeah up. <laughs> that's right I mean the dragon was kind of fucked up to begin with but then like he gets
0: she like she, runs she, the car she, up onto yeah. the curb and yeah. <laughs> just like destroys she him.
1: Tough. She gets tired of it, and she's like, "All right, do you you need to let go?" And she makes
0: sure of it. it like comparing this this one to the other two that we talked about, the kills in this one are certainly more graphic and inventive like there there's some some more creative kills going on in this one, and it's certainly certainly bloodier now that now that I'm like recalling it I, I can definitely not understand the PG rating on this one. I remember there was was a there there was a scene when the one I can't remember who got stabbed. There was a one scene when one of the women got stabbed in the hand and it like the dagger like went all the way through her hand but when they stabbed her it was like a blood geyser that came out of her hand when when she got (laughs) stabbed. Yeah the rat scene was pretty crazy too so Kitty ends up getting trapped in these Tombs and the killer, uh, who turns out to be—is it her sister or it's it's a family member? It's yeah. her Franzis- sister, francisca I couldn't remember if it was like an older sister or like a some other like an aunt or something. But um, she like closes off this water valve, or it causes the tomb to flood. But but it makes like all these rats like swarm into where she is, which is like kind of oh, the big just- culminating scene they which is funny because like now. when I was watching this it was right after I read the story I don't know if you saw this about the guy in New York who was at the bus stop and a sinkhole opened up underneath of him and he fell through the oh sidewalk God. into a rat's nest oh God. and there were thousand he, he fell 12 feet and broke he like broke his arm and his leg and he was stuck down there and it was There were thousands of rats swarming him and he couldn't move or scream because he was afraid that the rats were going to go into his mouth. And you can see the video of him just, he's just standing there. He's just standing there waiting for the bus. And then all of a sudden the, the, the freaking sidewalk just opens up and swallows him. It's insane. He's okay, by the way. No, he's not. He's he's okay. He's, well, it's funny (laughs) because they were like, yeah, he's, He's physically okay, but <laughs> yeah, he's, he has no, he's,
1: pretty severe tra- mental trauma from this. Yeah, no, he's damaged forever. There's no way. I,
0: I can't even imagine, man. Oh, my God. So anyway, yeah, that, that rat scene was, was definitely uh, was pretty powerful. I, I noticed that the one guy, I felt like the one guy looked like um, Powers Booth, the guy who played Herbert. Yes.
1: That's Nino Corda is his
0: name. I thought he looked exactly like Powers Booth but I also thought that he was the character was kind of ridiculous because at the end when they go to rescue Kitty they open up like the the door (laughs) and all the water rushes out and they show Herbert just standing there and he's like I don't know if they use like a dummy or what but he was like standing perfectly upright and then all of a sudden he just like falls straight and dies like it killed him somehow because they yeah, were afterwards, when they were like bringing her out, they were like, "Yeah, he drowned." <laughs> it's just like what? It wasn't that yeah. much water, guys. Come
1: on. Yeah, no, that was very weird. Because when it comes out and like all the water settles, it's only like in that room that it, that it pours out into. Once it was displaced within that room, it was only like two feet deep. Yeah. So I don't understand how he drowned in that, and I also don't understand why he was just standing. Like right at in front of the door, in the middle of the room, like let the police. They handle. knew like, that, they're all there. Yeah, and they knew that it was filling up with water too. They knew that it was full of water. So, come on, Herbert. Herbert just he wanted you to dummy. Kill. He was dumb. <laughs> He's <laughs> like everyone's dying. Everyone's making fun of me. I was like I just need to get. They need to leave.
0: You know, a lot of these Giallo movies tend, tend to be very convoluted and which which is actually something that i like about them um Mm -hmm. and this one this one's no exception because you have this really convoluted storyline involving like blackmail and like manipulation and seduction and all of this stuff and then what it comes down to is the older sister wanting to kill the younger sister so that she can get the inheritance like that's just Mm -hmm. what it boils down to that's all all it was but it was fun it was a fun time i enjoyed it Yeah,
1: no, this one, this one really, this hit the spot.
0: What do you want to give the Red Queen kills seven times? i give this like an eight, eight and a half. Wow, nice. Uh, I'm sitting at like a seven and a half on this one. Yeah, I really, really liked it as well. Finally, for our Halloween special, we're going to be talking about all the colors of the dark. This came out in 1972. Looks like it was released in 1976 in the U.S., this is directed by Sergio Mar- Martino. I have a synopsis here: a woman recovering from a car accident in which she lost her unborn child finds herself pursued by a coven of devil worshippers. Now, this one comes after the popularity of Rosemary's Baby, and I feel like, yeah, this. I, I feel like you have to bring that movie into the conversation with this with this movie because. I felt like there were a lot of uh, a lot of similarities between the two. Now, I will say that this is its own thing. It's not like a, a rip-off. I, I wouldn't call it a rip-off or anything, but I think the influence is there. Yeah. From, like, even the music, even the music, the, the score sounded similar to me, but I, I really liked this movie overall. It has a hell of an opening scene when she's having that yeah. nightmare, and it's just like... What is going on? I mean, it opens. It opens with that, like, surreal nightmare sequence where there's this, like, pregnant woman and this, like, o- old person with the messed up teeth and just all kinds of craziness happening in that, in that opening.
1: Yeah, this one's the far cl- more uh, psychedelic of the four.
0: So she has this, like, crazy dream. And uh, it should be noted that the, the, the main character, her name's Jane, uh, she's played by Ed, Edwidge Fenich, which uh, I've seen her in a number of things. Uh, I think that she's a really great um, Italian actress. I think she's French-Italian. You might know her from uh, Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key, which is another really great giallo. And uh, recently I saw her in Strip Nude for Your Killer. That came out on... Uh, Arrow Blu ray not too long ago. So okay. she was in that. So she's she's in a lot of these. So she plays this, this woman who is, you know, tormented by a traumatic incident and she has this horrific nightmare. She wakes up, hops in the shower fully clothed, which I thought was interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever done that? Like you, you have a nightmare and you wake up and you're like, oh, oh boy. And then you just take a shower fully
1: clothed? <laughs> no. No, I should try
0: that. that sometime. We should all just try that just to see, just to see what happens the next time you have a nightmare. Just immediately get up, assuming you're not sleeping naked. Just immediately get up, hop in the shower.
1: Well, there's a, there's a number of shower things because I've also never done like the the one arm outstretched up against the wall and you just put your head mm. down. You know, like I've never done that.
0: I I've done that only when I have like a severe migraine. Okay, and I just I just let the water run on the back of my neck just to soothe, just to soothe that neck Yeah, and lean up against. Uh, But I'm really weird when it comes to like showers and like touching things that are wet. Like I don't like (laughs) touching, touching walls that are wet (laughs) and stuff like that. So I hate grout. I'm I'm, like really, I don't like touching grout at all.
1: (laughs) I love this. I think... Anyway. No, no. The, I, fuck all the colors of the dark. I want to get more into... More in-depth. More intensive looking. We don't need to <laughs> dive into all touching. my various neuroses. No, I love it. It's great.
0: Uh, oh, my God. Apparently, nudity is just not that big of a deal in 70s Italy. Because there's, there's this one scene in this movie where the, the sister of Jane is she's just she's changing in front of her husband or I mean, no they're not married but she's um, changing in front of Jane's fiance or boyfriend and she's just she's just totally cool with it
1: Mhm just getting which just is really naked bizarre I mean of course there's that aspect to it but then also what you find out later and identifying marks and stuff and it just seems like man you should, probably should have been a little bit more careful one
0: thing I liked, I actually liked the Richard character in this because I, f- I felt like he was not your your typical, wait, was it Richard? Richard's the hus- husband or yeah. boyfriend, right? George, yeah.
1: played by George
0: Hilton. George Hilton. I felt like he was a little bit different than your typical Giallo man in that he did seem to care for his girlfriend and... He seemed to be pretty smart. Like he put all the pieces together with this with this uh, this situation where you know she felt like she was being stalked, and you know things progressively get worse for her. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I feel like he 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 always kind of stood by her side, and and that's just not something we see a lot of in these movies.
1: I mean, it, it takes him a little bit because he's a, a lot of the beginning. In middle portions of this movie, he's always kind of being taken away because he's he's far more invested in his work. And then he finally comes around, puts the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Like if he would have just if he would have focused early on, I think it would have saved her a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so you know what happens is she's she's being plagued by these nightmares and her. Her boyfriend doesn't want her to go see this like psychoanalyst guy who um, her sister works for. Like, he just doesn't trust this guy. He doesn't believe in it or whatever. But she's, it's getting to the point where she's just like, "I, I need help. I need, I need to talk to somebody. So she goes to see this guy and like he, he starts to help her. But then she ends up meeting this other woman who said that she had a similar. You know situation with a stalker and all of this stuff and she ends up getting roped into this like uh, this occult uh, the Sabbath mm-hmm. that happens yeah. and you have this this really incredible Sabbath scene with this dude he has these like l- super long nails and I love the scene when because at first his back is turned and you have these people you know they're doing the they're chanting and they have their symbols and all of this stuff and. You know, your typical 70s, you know, ritual thing that's going on. And I thought, oddly, some of the people were, like, dressed up like zombies for some reason. Like, they had the white Mm -hmm. makeup on. Like, I didn't know what that was all about. But, hey, whatever. Um, But I love the scene when he turns around. Because (laughs) he turns around. You see him with his long fingernails. And then it cuts to Jane. And she just does this, like... It's almost like an eye roll thing where she's just like, are you serious? <laughs> I just thought that that was such a funny scene. It wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be funny, but I, I laughed. But then they, um, then they kill a dog during mm-hmm. the ritual, which, you know, big, big minus points for me there. They murder a dog and drink its blood.
1: Yes, which somehow so, like enlightens you or like frees you spiritually. Well, mostly just sexually, it frees you. Yeah, but I don't you know, know if all this. Does things. because she still seemed like I don't want to do this, and they essentially just kind of rape her, and then she's healed for some reason. She's she's quote
0: unquote healed, but really, I mean, what happens at that point is she just gets more deep into the cult where then like they own her because of that. They're like, oh, "All right, yeah. we own you now." So now she's even more under their thumb than before because I think that they were they were targeting her. They were always targeting her. Like they were they were always going after her. They knew they knew the plan with her. At least the the woman was because I guess you have to like she wanted to. <laughs> the only way to get out of it is to like die or something. So they tried yeah. to like well, it's, trick her into it's, killing her. It's herbal life.
1: Like the only way that you have to bring other people in. You know, it's like Amway. Yeah. Like, the only way you can,
0: all big, <laughs> you can move multi-level up.
1: Multi-level marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta bring people in. But this is, I mean, I guess it's kind of like Amway in that, like, the only way you can get out is you die. Like, the person that comes in has to kill you, and then you're free. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's, its it's pretty much Amway. There's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's just mostly her being terrified by Visions. Or this guy that's falling around just seems to be everywhere. This guy with his ridiculous uh, colored contacts—they look uh, painful, by the way. Yeah, and that's two movies that we covered. Uh, Black Belly of the Tarantula. Someone wears colored yeah. contacts, which I gotta imagine the technology for that in the seventies had to hurt like hell, because contacts now hurt occasionally.
0: They yeah, they looked like they were just like really thick glass. With uh, yeah. like just paint, just paint on them. Yeah, <laughs> like just, lead paint.
1: <laughs> yeah, extremely unhealthy. So this guy just keeps showing up everywhere. She freaks out. I mean, all the time. Like so much of this movie is just her freaking out, which uh, kind of brings me to something that I learned about myself in what you watch in jealous. And I think it's something that kind of blocks me from fully enjoying them. Like a lot of people do, there's uh there's a lot of sounds that I can't stand. It's kinda like you with touching grout, but there's certain noises that <laughs> just they irritate me and they almost they trigger like a rage and it's for Giallo's, it's people being like out of breath and like gasping and panting and stuff, like I can't stand it. And this movie more so than the other ones, is like she's always out of breath because she's always losing it. And I can't. She's constantly stand
0: exacerbated.
1: It. Yeah, like it's just too much for me. I can't stand that sound. And the thing that gets me with this movie is that she reacts to everything like the same way. Like whether it's a, a, a cult demon freak out shit, it's. It's met with the like the same response as if it was just like an ab- banal occurrence, like it could just be you know like she saw somebody or saw a book, and she loses it. But like if it's the occult thing happening and they kill a dog in front of her, she reacts the same exact way.
0: I think that that's something that we see a lot of in Jello movies where everyone is sort of overacting or overreacting mm-hmm. on everything, like. I, I can't remember which of the movies it was. It might be The Red Queen Kill Seven Times, but there was a scene where uh one of the one of the characters gets locked in the back of a truck and the killer starts driving her around in the back of this truck and she just loses her freaking mind to the point of exhaustion over like being in the back of this truck for like thirty seconds. Yeah. And I, it's just like I, I feel like that, that happens like a a lot in these <laughs> movies where everybody's just completely overreacting. But then you have characters like the doctor in this who underreact over everything. There's a scene where Jane shows up, she's bleeding. She has a tattoo that mysteriously appeared on her arm. And Mm -hmm. the doctor is literally like, Oh, just take two of these and call me in the morning. He literally says, take two of these and call me in the morning. (laughs) And I mean, she's clearly she's been through something horrible and the dude's just like, it's not a big deal. And then she, so eventually he still doesn't believe that she's being stalked and, but he's like, okay, you know what? I'll I'll take you to my like summer cottage or whatever, and you can hide out there, rest up and I'll come get you in the morning. And of course, the stalker guy, he's blue there. contacts, shows up.
1: And she he calls him show up. and she's like, like
0: he's already there. Yeah, he's just hanging. He's he was hanging out. He's waiting. And she calls the, the doctor and she's like he's here. I, I the, the, he's, he's outside and he's like calm down, nothing to worry about. And she's like they killed they killed the housekeepers. Your housekeepers are dead. He he already killed them. He slit their throats. And he's just like not a big deal. Nothing to worry about. We got this. I'm going to come over. It's like, what? Call the cops. What are you doing? Nobody in this movie calls the cops. No one. This guy's slitting throats left and right. And not a single person calls the police.
1: Which I, the, the, the sequence wherein she finds the housekeepers, like everything about that was so deeply unsettling. And I just love the way that that all unfolded where you didn't know, like they were frozen yeah. still. Mm-hmm. And there was almost like no sound, like no music. It was just the silence and like a little bit of her, like on the urge or, or on the the verge of losing it. That was such a phenomenal scene. Yeah, I but, really enjoyed this this one overall. I thought this one was okay. I think this is more so like in line of you know what you're looking for in a Giallo. It's just it's not my type of bag, but it does have you know because getting to watch all of these back to back, right? In a short period of time, you got you got your your spiral staircases. Every movie mm-hmm. has to have a spiral staircase. Uh, a large number of them are like the apartment buildings where it has that yeah. the spiral staircase around the elevator. Yeah, dude. Um, it. it was so
0: f- it was so funny because like uh, the the one in this movie looks exactly there. There must be hundreds of buildings like that in in Italy. When I was in Rome I was staying at this little like Airbnb and I, the building that I was in looked exactly like that like it had that same exact same style of elevator and everything it was crazy
1: and a lot of these movies especially this one has really interesting camera work where like it's got whiplash editing you know back and forth this one kind of is really interesting because they kind of do this like quick repetitive burst of action then, mm-hmm. like when he's you know, like, attacking and stuff, which I found really interesting. You got the the kaleidoscopic imagery. You got, like, the surveillance-style overheads of the apartment complex and, like, the courtyard and everything. You got the the back and forth of, like, when he's chasing her down the staircase and then she gets in her car. Like, there's a lot of good stuff, camera work-wise, going on here.
0: Yeah, this one also uses a lot of colored lights as well. Um Yeah. I know th- like that's sort of a hallmark of of giallos like using the old the, the gel lights and there's a really great scene where the camera is positioned behind these these beads that are in a, that are in the uh, I believe it's the sisters' house and um you have this like Green light that's like the whole room is like bathed in this green light, and you all you see is like through the beads. That I thought that was a really great, uh, really great shot. So I, I thought a lot of the camera work and the cinematography was, was really good in this one,
1: yeah. I think it's far more than I think I enjoyed a lot of those aspects a lot more than, than like the actual story, yeah. I would, I would agree
0: with that. And I can't remember if it was this one or. The uh, one of the other ones where they do this really cool like hand, uh, like handheld work that almost looked like a fisheye. I can't remember if it was this one or another one, but I remember seeing that and being like, "Damn, that looks really cool!" It might have been the uh, bloodstained butterfly when they were like coming out of the, the courtroom when they arrested the guy. It might have been mm-hmm.
1: that that scene. I do I do love in that movie like later on in the trial. When they showed, you know, the guy that's on trial, they cut to him behind the, the bar sitting in that little box area and he's got his massive sunglasses on. I know, what, what was that all about? <laughs> like, damn. That was so, so funny. Disrespectful like, to the
0: law. It looked like Joe Pesci. Yeah. Giant, giant sunglasses in some gangster movie. Or maybe it was, maybe like De Niro in Goodfellas or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the colors of the dark. Uh, I, th- I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it for the most part. Comparing it to the other ones, I think uh, I think it's below the Red Queen kill seven times and Bloodstained Butterfly for me.
1: Yeah, I yeah. This is one that I'm kind of surprised because it seems like this is a considered like a classic Giallo. Like this is this is pretty well received by everybody. Mm, mm-hmm. But. I don't know i don't know if it was for me like the like i like occults but the one in this movie like i they weren't interesting at all
0: no i often question their motivations like what are they What what's their what are end doing? game here like what like what are they what's their goal like
1: it seems like it just comes down to sex they just want to have sex but at the same yeah, time that's it seems, what it like, seems like, like you don't have to do all of this. Like, you can certainly, you don't have to kill dogs and have people drink dog blood. Yeah. You just fake that. Like, put some cornstarch in some wine <laughs> or something. Thicken that up. Thicken yeah, up that just, wine. Yeah, throw some port on low heat. Let it simmer a little bit. Mix up some cornstarch. Mix it in. Thicken it up. And then, you know. Be like, oh, here's dog's blood. It's going to release you. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Yeah, like, I don't now, think you have to kill an actual sheep, you know, and your nail thing. What the fuck? Like, maybe people. Maybe you wouldn't have to do this elaborate thing to get people to be in your inner circle if you just get rid of the nail things. Because no one wants I think to get
0: rid of the nail things. Like yeah, get rid of the nails. Get rid of the. Come up with a better symbol. Like, the symbol looked so cheap and tacky, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the little triangle with the eye in it. Come on. Come up with something a little bit more ornate, something a little bit more believable than... Like, the tattoo looked so lame. Yeah. Come up with a Just- hierographic designer. Come up with something better.
1: Just a bunch of fucking losers. And also, <laughs> get get your team together, okay? Like... Whip them in the shape. There's no reason for, like, 45% of you to be, like, dressed as zombies. That's just fucking weird. Stop it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I didn't... Yeah, there was no explanation of the the random zombie people.
1: like, take yourself seriously. If you're not going to take yourself seriously, I'm certainly not.
0: What I don't understand... So, it turns out that the the sister, Barbara, was one of the cult members... Mm-hmm. What was her what was her motivation with that? She she wanted the the reason she just wanted Richard? Is, was that her motivation? Or no, no, you know what it was? It was um the the money. It was it was also yeah. a money thing. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot there was an inheritance involved yep. in this one as well.
1: These goddamn sisters and in their inheritance.
0: But it would it was like such a small thing like you didn't even really know what was going on because Earlier, there's a scene where a lawyer calls her and says, hey, can you come over? We need to go over something. And then it's like never addressed again until the very end when the lawyer comes back and he's like, yep, turns out you're about to get $300,000.
1: Yeah. Well, and also it also felt like um, that Jane wasn't really on top of anything. And I feel like Barbara could have just have taken the money and Jane never would have known or you could have explained it to Jane like hey this is this is my money you didn't get anything i'm sorry and jane would have just been like oh okay like yeah i mean she was aloof it. yeah she
0: was completely aloof to the whole thing like she didn't even know what was going on so yeah, she, she it just seems like such an elaborate <laughs> such an elaborate way of getting killing her to get this money i mean Surely, there's an easier way to to accomplish this. I don't know. Who's to say?
1: Who's to say?
0: All right, let's go ahead and give this this one a score. All the colors of the dark. Uh, I'm probably like a, I don't know, maybe a six on this one as well.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with a six as well.
0: There you have it. Another Halloween in the books. Definitely check out some of these Giallo films. Uh, Let us know what your favorite Giallo films are. I really love uh, catching more Giallo movies that I haven't seen before. Uh, There's so many of them that I feel like it it could take you a really long time to go through.
1: Well, it's hard to pin down because so many of them, the titles alone... I know. pique your interest. Incredible. I'm I'm looking at uh, Phoenix the movies that she was in and she's in a movie called the inconsolable widow. Thanks. All those who consult her from 1973. (laughs) Like I want to watch that just based on the title.
0: Unfortunately, a lot of these are really hard to find. So like when we were going through the list of possible candidates, some of the ones that we were finding were just so crazy. Like the, the titles just, just really, really wild titles and um but a lot of them are are really hard to find unfortunately but you know all the all the big most of the big ones you can see on Amazon or shutter and Arrow puts out a lot of these movies. They 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 do a really great job of restoring them and putting them out. So their catalog has a ton of Giallo things in them. So you can certainly look at what Arrow has. And, and check out that I mean that's how I've seen most of the Giallo movies that, that, uh, that I've seen uh, alright I think that that's gonna do it thank you so much for listening you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin and if you have a minute please consider giving us a review on iTunes we'd appreciate that very much for Kevin Rangstraw, my name's Adam Patterson we'll see you next week